Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. Welcome to Prophecy Countdown. I'm Pastor Ken Bear, and we provide two updates each week on Sunday and then on Wednesday. On Sundays, our message premieres at 1 p.m. and on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. The title of my message today is The Leaven of the Pharisees. And we'll be taking a look at what Jesus has to say in Matthew chapter 16. As the name of our podcast implies, our podcasts typically have a prophecy thread. We love answering questions, particularly regarding prophecy. If you have a question, uh, there are likely more other people out there in the listening audience that have the same question. This is how we get many of our topics. Just send us an email at prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. That's prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll respond to all of those, uh, all those inquiries. So let's go ahead and get started. We have uh, a few verses today uh, out of Matthew chapter 16. And again, the topic of my message is the yeast of the Pharisees. We'll be reading from Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 5. Now when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said to them, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, it is because we have forgotten to take bread. But Jesus, being aware of this, said to them, O oh, you of little faith, why do you reason among yourself because you have not brought bread? Do you not understand or remember the five loaves and the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Nor the seven loaves and the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up? How is it that you do not understand that I do not speak to you concerning bread? but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of the bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So we're continuing today in Matthew chapter 12. This passage today is related uh, to the previous passage of this chapter, as Jesus had just been confronted by these Pharisees and Sadducees to produce a a sign to show them that he was the Messiah. And Jesus' interactions with these pompous religious elites is, is legendary. And here, Jesus wants to teach the disciples something urgent, something very important. This warning of Jesus about the leaven or the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees is found in three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. This teaching of Jesus is, is different, however, than most as it's not just, Jesus is not just commenting on sinfulness or the inappropriate interpretation of, of Scripture. Jesus is not teaching a parable, un unveiling a secret about the kingdom of God. No, in this teaching, Jesus is speaking directly to the disciples, and he has this word to share with them, and that word is beware. When, you know, when people tell you to beware, it means to look out. There, there's danger ahead. You're likely to fall or be compromised in some way. You can be injured, attacked, or even killed if you're not careful. Therefore, beware. 
As in many of his teachings, Jesus used uh, today an, an everyday item, in this case yeast or, or leaven, to demonstrate a significant spiritual truth. Jesus gave this warning to his disciples using the metaphor of, of leaven. As I noted previously in the teaching of the, of the, uh, the parable of the leaven back in Matthew chapter 11, if you were with us, leaven is consistently used in Scripture as a picture of sin and of corruption. We see this, for example, in the Passover narrative and even the modern Jewish practice of removing all of the leaven, or in Hebrew, the kamitz, uh, the day before celebrating the Passover. Using unleavened bread at Passover serves as a symbolic act for the participants, signifying their participation in a pure, sin-free meal that serves as a reminder that they need to live a life also that is free from sin. And, and here's the example, just as leaven and modern-day yeast permeates the dough and promotes the rising of bread, sin has the potential as well to expand and to propagate. As the Bible says, the wages of sin is death. Now, just as the disciples did not initially understand this warning by Jesus, you know, they reasoned among themselves because it's, it's because we have not brought bread, we also today, contemporary Christians, can uh, misunderstand this warning of Jesus. To that end, I want to address two topics that are directly related to this warning of Jesus, and the, where Jesus says, beware. The first topic is hypocrisy, and the second is legalism. Now, believers in the churches, believers in churches today need to be aware and beware of hypocrisy and legalism. Jesus referenced the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and Sadducees often. Uh, let me give you some quotes. Uh, a lot of them are in Matthew 23, but here's one from Matthew 15. Jesus says, hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, te teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Now in Matthew chapter 23, there's another four or five uh, references to Pharisees being hypocrites. For example, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourself, nor do you allow others who are entering to go in. Then later he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you devour widows' houses for a pretense, making long prayers. Then he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. Then he says, um, oh, he calls them, I love this, he calls them whitewashed tombs, which appear inside to be beautiful, but outside, uh, I'm sorry, outside they appear to be beautiful, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanliness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. You know, in that last example, Jesus is giving us a good definition of hypocrisy. Outwardly, the appearance is righteous, truthful, and pure, but inwardly, it's unclean, and it's full of lawlessness.
You know, most of us understand hypocrisy, and the reason we do is because we have so many examples around us. Now, one of the things that I, I try to remind people is that sin in itself is not necessarily hypocritical. Sin is sin. Sin's a, a personal failure. When we sin, we are to repent and ask God to forgive us. Hypocrisy is about pretense. It's about duplicity. We put on the robe of a Pharisee, and we, and we pretend to be, be holy. So in the remaining time, let me turn to this topic of legalism. Most people actually misunderstand legalism. Uh, what exactly was the legalism of the Pharisees? Uh, well, the, a common thought is that the Pharisees were legalistic because they were overly strict about the law. Maybe you've heard that. They were so strict in the law. Well, legalism by definition, is an attempt to, God, to gain God's favor or to impress our fellow man by doing certain things or avoiding certain things without regard actually to the condition of our hearts. Um, at the root of legalism is the, is the sin of pride. The legalist thinks that he's able to, to commend himself to God by his own good deeds. Invariably, he's only looking at the externals, not at his, his own heart. Now, the Pharisees had this, this legalism, and it manifested itself in two specific ways. Number one, it wasn't so much about the strict observance of the law. As at, instead, they reduced the full biblical ethic of the law into manageable principles, bite-sized principles. And they taught that man could be righteous by, by keeping those principles. Now, secondly... Um, they deny that all men are sinful and depraved while exalting at the same time the law's ability to keep men holy. You know, as a result, their, their teachings, the doctrines of the Pharisees, are actually opposed to the gospel of, of grace. And that's why Jesus and Paul, for example, often clashed with these Pharisees because they were legalists to the extent that, number one, man was not depraved, then they could be holy by observing the law. Jesus hates legalism because it does not deal with the condition of our hearts before God. You know, this is why Jesus was telling his disciples to beware. Beware of their hypocrisy and beware of the teachings, the doctrines of the Pharisees. Jesus taught us that the law was completely unable, not able to, to transform us. The law was unable to make us righteous. This goes back all the way to the teachings of Jesus in the fifth chapter of Matthew on what's known as the Beatitudes. If you read those through, Jesus provided an unbelievably difficult challenge to keeping the law. Jesus taught, for example, that the act of adultery actually started with lustful thoughts, what we see. And the act of murder actually started with unbridled anger. You know, Jesus taught that our spiritual condition flows from, from the heart, that it's a matter of the heart. You know, the Bible says it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. It, it's our relationship with God that transforms our hearts as he, through the Holy Spirit, regenerates us. This goes, back, this goes to the very basic and necessary transformation that Jesus told Nicodemus about. You know, the Jewish religious leaders, including Nicodemus, Nicodemus was actually a Pharisee, seemingly were seeking after God, but in reality they were primarily self-seeking. They didn't see themselves as sinners in need of a Savior. 
But Jesus told Nicodemus, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you are one is born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You know, this is all about spiritual rebirth, a manifestation of the Spirit of God. It requires grace. It requires the mercy and compassion of God. It's a relationship with God rather than a reliance on the, the law. You know, all too often, and this is, I think, our warning, and we need to beware, because our local churches often fall into the trap of relying on religion rather than a relationship. We must avoid the trap of reducing Christianity, which is a relationship, to mere church attendance, to membership, or even baptism or communion. True Christianity, my friends, begins at the foot of the cross, understanding the fact that we are, we are sinners and accepting the sacrifice that Jesus made for us at Calvary, embracing his forgiveness, repenting of our sins, and deciding to follow him with the, hope, with the help of the Holy Spirit. That's the message of grace. And this is how we avoid hypocrisy and legalism. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I want to thank you, Lord, today for this amazing teaching of Jesus. And we do want to beware. We want to beware of any doctrine that contradicts the gospel of grace. We thank you, Lord, for the mercy and grace of God. We pray, Lord, now for our churches. We pray that uh, they turn people's hearts back to God, to a relationship with God. We also pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We know that there is a war that's going on right now in Israel. We pray, pray, pray for peace. Uh, we abhor bloodshed on either side. And we give you all the praise and the glory for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Bear's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Bear. Get your copy today. Thank you for joining us on Prophecy Countdown with Pastor Ken Bear. Don't leave without first sharing the latest episode with your friends. Be sure to join us again for the latest updates on Prophecy Countdown.